Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going on, DMV? Hope everybody's doing well this morning. 106.7 The Fan is on your AM, FM dial. We're on the Odyssey app and the stream at thefandc.com. However, you've chosen to listen to us this morning. We're just glad that you're here. I am Danny Noakes, my guy Vic Ferreira in studio producing the show. 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener line if you want to jump in on the conversation at any point today. A big thank you to our pal, Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington's Capitals coverage, who joined us at the bottom of the last hour. If you missed it, you can use the rewind function, which is super handy. It's available via the Odyssey app and on the stream at thefandc.com. So if you're looking for some Capitals coverage, we had a nice long segment there that took place from about 9.30 to 9.45, so you can check that out as well. Finished up the 9 o'clock hour with a little recap of the Wizards' loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and now we are into back into our conversation around the NFL. So no Thursday night game this week, but hey, we got two more Saturday games, both of which are going to be on ESPN. No Monday night game, so make sure you have that in the back of your head as well. The first game that we've got later on this afternoon, I believe kickoff will be closer to 4.30, but the Kansas City Chiefs are visiting the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Chiefs come into this game 13-3, 6-2 on the road this season, while the Raiders are 6-10 overall, 4-3 at home in 2022 and 2023. But obviously, the Raiders will not be participating in the postseason This year, they also sent Derek Carr not only to the bench, but sent him home, more or less, because uh, Carr, I'm not quite sure whether it was entirely his decision or somebody else's within the organization, but Carr stepped away from the team after he was benched so as to, quote, not be a distraction for the guys. So this Chiefs-Raiders game was already going to have at least some some sort of outcome it was it was going to matter in terms of the playoff seating and what's happened since the postponement and later the canceling of the bills the bills bangles game from monday night is the nfl has started to make some difficult decisions and one of those decisions was to declare monday night's game between the bills and the bangles a no contest so what it means though is the chiefs can now lock up the number one seed in the afc 
with a win over Las Vegas. And here's where the catch comes in. And the catch is something that we learned in the last 24 hours. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell proposed Thursday night that the AFC Championship game would be played at a neutral site if the Chiefs earn home field advantage over Cincinnati or Buffalo by virtue of having played more one more game and end up meeting either of those teams. So that proposal will go before NFL clubs and ultimately the approval will be decided. It was supposed to have been decided yesterday. So basically what it means is if the Chiefs win, yeah, they got home field advantage. And then if they meet either the Bills or the Bengals in the AFC Championship game, that would essentially make that a neutral site game. So as long as both the Bills and the Bengals are to win this game, because again, the other catch there is that if the Chiefs get that number one seed just by having won one more game, because obviously the Bills and the Bengals had to have their game canceled. So it's kind of, it's kind of a sticky situation. It's, it's a little confusing, but we can go over it again for anybody out there that needs us to. But at least in terms of the matchup between the Chiefs and the Raiders, it's going to be the second career start for Jarrett Stidham. Last week, he threw for 365 yards and three touchdowns in the Raiders' overtime loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Final score, 37-34. It was actually one of the better games of the weekend last week. It was at least in the the later window, one of the few games that was actually close. And although it didn't even mean something, it was still quite entertaining. One of the last questions around this game to ask would be, is Patrick Mahomes the NFL MVP this season? He's got just north of 5,000 passing yards with 5,048. He has thrown for 40 passing touchdowns and 12 interceptions. He leads the league in both passing yards and passing touchdowns. It's been really a a pretty incredible season for Patrick Mahomes, who this offseason losing Tyree Kill, you figured he might take a step back, not, I guess, in terms of how effective he can be, but the gaudy numbers that we're used to seeing from him, there's no doubt that you're seeing it with the success that Tyree Kill's having down there in Miami. You'd figure he might drop off a little bit, but frankly, that really has not been the case because the Chiefs have really been good, and you've kind of seen Andy Reid at the top of his game. The, the maestro, if you will, just putting all sorts of different guys in positions to get the ball, make an impact, score touchdowns. I mean, Jarek McKinnon is someone that has, has really come onto the scene strong over the last several weeks. He's got a, a several-week touchdown streak, and at the beginning of the season, Clyde Edwards-Elaire, who has been rendered mostly useless and and he's been injured now for the last couple of weeks but even before his injury they had really phased him mostly out entirely of the offense despite the fact that he was decent in the first half of the season he wasn't bad they just have the Chiefs just have a ton of different weapons and guys that are just like Clyde Edwards Hilaire's sort of Swiss Army knives that you can line up in the backfield but also get the ball to check it down if you get into some trouble and that's really what you've seen with Kansas City on in addition to the fact that they've had some other wide receivers step up and Travis Kelsey happens to be an absolute beast one of if not the best tight end in the game right now so that's your 430 kickoff you've got the Chiefs and the Raiders from Las Vegas now the nightcap this one I'm actually really excited for because it is the de facto AFC 
South Championship game. It's the Tennessee Titans visiting Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. And the Jags beat the Titans in Tennessee a few weeks ago. That's really, I think, when it started to feel real that although Jacksonville had had played well, had played a bunch of good teams close, including the Commanders all the way back in Week 1. Remember, the Jags started the season 2-6, and six, which included a Week 1 loss to Washington. But that game, that win on the road in Tennessee, a divisional win, it's it gave us a couple of indicators here. One, the Jags are improving, and, and two, I think the Titans are, are really struggling right now. And you're starting to see some of the mistakes that they've made in the offseason, like getting rid of A.J. Brown, really start to, to show its head. But according to the Associated Press, Doug Peterson, the head coach, of the Jacksonville Jaguars first started telling his players they'd have a chance to make the postseason in early November after a five-game losing streak that dropped them to two and six. They were four games behind the Titans in the loss column. And quarterback Trevor Lawrence said that that was actually the moment that everyone really started to buy in. They just believed what Peterson was saying. So now not only is Jacksonville in position to return to the playoffs for the first time since 2017, but it could prevent a division rival from making the postseason for the second time in as many years. If you'll remember, the Jags stunned Indianapolis in the 2021 regular season finale at TIAA Bank Field, home of the Colts. So the Jags-Colts game at the end of last year sounds familiar, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, that's because it's one of the two games that I've continuously referenced over the last two weeks as a game that Carson Wentz could have won as the starting quarterback against an inferior team only to play terribly and ultimately lose. We had the pleasure of watching that unfold on Hard Knocks last year. The Colts also could have clinched a playoff spot last season. The game before they played Jacksonville, that was when they played the Las Vegas Raiders. And again, that Raiders team didn't have Devontae Adams yet. And by the way, the Jags were not a particularly good team at that point in the 2022 slate of happenings, they just weren't that good at that point, right? Things have changed as, as the 2022-2023 season has gotten going, but there was a very winnable couple of games for Carson Wentz and the Colts to get into the playoffs last year. Needed to win one of their last two. They had the leading rusher in the NFL in Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Darius Leonard was was having a fantastic season. Their defense was was really tough to move the ball on, and the the offense was incredibly ineffective for those last couple of weeks. and And that's why I cited those last two games as all you really needed to know or have seen when it came to Carson Wentz in a do or die situation. That was one of the reasons I said it's not worth throwing him out there against the Browns. We've seen him when it comes to a do-or-die situation, win and get into the playoffs. And and for the Commanders last week, they needed to win and needed some help to clinch a playoff spot last week. But if they would have won against Cleveland and either Detroit or Green Bay would have won, in, in the case of both of those teams, they both would have won. But the Commanders, if they had won, would still be in the playoff race, not have clinched a playoff spot yet, and would be playing to clinch a playoff spot this weekend. But none of that matters because the commanders are out. Carson Wentz will almost certainly be gone this offseason unless some sort of franchise malpractice happens for the commanders, which is not out of the realm of possibility. But 
for this game, Jacksonville and Tennessee, as we return from that tangent right there, you're going to see the return of Derrick Henry. He sat out last week against Dallas. And by the way, Derrick Henry, just as effective as ever, ranks third in the league with 1,429 rush yards, just 19 yards behind Cleveland's Nick Chubb for second in the NFL, and then 179 yards behind Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders, who leads the NFL in rushing this season. So I, another reason there, the Josh Jacobs numbers, as to why Derek Carr's benching happened, because you have, I mean, the, the two best players at their positions probably, in at least in this season, Josh Jacobs at the running back and Devontae Adams at wide receiver, they're both having incredible seasons, and the Raiders are not a playoff team. So Derrick Henry has two 200-yard games and three 100-yard games against the Jaguars. This is a team that he has had a lot of success against throughout his career. He tied an NFL record with a 99-yard run back in 2018 against the Jags, and he turned 29 on Wednesday and is ready to get back to work. One thing about Derrick Henry, it seems, is he gets better as the season goes along, and there's no doubt the Titans are going to feed him as much as they absolutely can in this game against the Jags. So it's no secret for Jacksonville as to what you need to do going into this game, but I don't think Brian Tannehill slated to play. Malik Willis does not appear to, to be in consideration to play because he is just not quite ready. He started three games and hasn't thrown a single touchdown while throwing several interceptions. So Josh Dobbs, who they just brought in a couple of weeks ago, the 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 guy out of Tennessee spent some time with the Pittsburgh Steelers as well after he graduated from the SEC school. So you'll see him as a starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans today as they try to fend off the Jacksonville Jaguars in what is, the again, de facto AFC South championship game. That's an 8-30 kickoff. All right. We'll step aside, we'll take a quick break, we'll come back, and we'll dive right back into the NFL schedule because the season, the regular season finale is coming up on Sunday and just went through some playoff scenarios, some important caveats to the Saturday games. Well, there's even more when it comes to the Sunday slate, so stick around. we got more football to talk right here on 106.7 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so you guys want another really impressive Patrick Mahomes statistic? 
just came across my timeline from one Adam Schefter of ESPN. Going into today's regular season finale versus the Raiders, Patrick Mahomes has a 15-0 record in AFC West Divisional Road Games. 15-0 in AFC West Divisional Road Games. So Patrick Mahomes putting that perfect record on the line as his Chiefs kick off against the Las Vegas Raiders later today at 430. 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener lines. We're going to go to him right now where Mitch in Jersey is calling in this morning. Hey, Mitch, what's going on? How's it going, Dave? Happy and happy new year. Yeah, happy new year to you, too. Uh, what you got for me? I think the 49 is a team to beat, the hottest. Mm. And they're a sweet, even quarterback. And they have a great line. I like my charges. Uh, they could win. They should be able to win five in a row, but you go up that I think it's MVP, and I think Kansas City is going to mess up my uh, my pipe dream. Kansas City is just playing great. He's doing without you know Hill. He's a great play. He's a great quarterback, Pat Mahomes. And um, so, I think he's MVP. He hasn't missed any games like uh, like Hurts, right? Or yeah, or Jalen Hurts. Or uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts has missed some time. Uh, Justin Herbert didn't miss any time, but he did play through the the torn rib uh, cartilage. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Mitch, I'm with you, though. I think the Niners are one of the best teams in the NFL right now, despite the fact they're playing with a third-string quarterback. I'm so, hoping it's a Bosa against Bosa. Bosa against Bosa. That's what I'm hoping for. Thanks for okay. taking my call. You got it. Yeah, no problem, Mitch. Thank you for calling in. Bosa against Bosa. You hear that? That would be a Niners-Chargers Super Bowl. Man, that'd be interesting. I-, I was just glad to see that we were going to get Justin Herbert in the playoffs this year because, as I said, Herbert has has been playing through the the rib cartilage issue, which I'm sure he's pretty much completely over now. But Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have also missed a ton of time this year combined, so he's been throwing to a lot of backup wide receivers, and and still been very effective in those games. Not quite as effective as as last year, and maybe you would have expected. And and someone like me who has now had him the last two years in fantasy football can definitely tell you all about the difference in terms of his statistics, but he's still very good. I totally agree with Mitch that the Niners are the team in the NFC right now. And I think that if, if it comes down to a matchup between them and Philadelphia or them and Dallas, I just, I, I really like the, the weapons that San Francisco has all over the field on their offense from McCaffrey to Debo Samuel, who's supposed to be back this week as well as Brandon Ayuk. They they give rookie quarterback Brock Purdy uh, a heck of a lot of options to try and move the football down the field, not to mention Kyle Shanahan is is one of the brightest offensive minds in the game right now. And, and Nick Bosa, the younger of the Bosa's, is maybe the best pass rusher in the game this season, at least, you know, because you can't overlook guys like TJ Watt and, and Aaron Donald was hurt this year. So just looking at the rest of the NFL schedule coming up on Sunday. And thanks again to Mitch for calling in. There's several games here that, that are going to have some effect on the playoffs, starting with the Patriots at the Bills which is a 1 o'clock kickoff. The Patriots can clinch a spot simply by winning. The Patriots can go to the playoffs if they beat Buffalo. They control their own destiny. They can also get in, the Patriots, if the Dolphins and Steelers lose, as well as the Jaguars losing tonight. So the Patriots could lose, but then they would need three other teams to lose for them to get in. And, And New England has lost for their last six games. And Buffalo right now, 
you wonder if they'll be galvanized by DeMar Hamlin and, and the situation that they're going through up there in Buffalo, or will all the emotion that they're sort of trying to work through be a little bit too much to overcome? And that would be understandable, no doubt. But as we've said, Buffalo's been through a whole heck of a lot this year between the Hamlin scenario, the shooting that took place last year, multiple ridiculously <laughs> just all sorts of snowstorms. Uh, so I, I, you know, if anybody can overcome this, it, it would be the Buffalo Bills. So uh, they, there is still a chance that they could end up with the number one, the number one seed in the AFC, but they're going to need some help to get to that point. Another one o'clock kickoff that will have playoff implications: the Ravens at the Bengals. Bengals still twelve and three against the spread this year, which is a stat I threw out there on Monday night before the game between the Bengals and the Bills was declared a no contest. Cincinnati is eleven and four overall. That's their record, five and one at home. And the Ravens come into this game ten and six, five and three on the road. They're going to play once again without Lamar Jackson. And both teams will go to the playoffs. Seeding is what this game will come down to. Another one o'clock kickoff, Jets at the Dolphins. The Dolphins were eight and three. Now they're eight and eight. Five straight losses for Miami. They can make the playoffs with a win over the Jets in Sunday's regular season finale, as well as a New England loss to the Buffalo Bills. Now, we mentioned no Tua this week. Tua has had at least two concussions this year, but his head injuries have spanned several weeks, which leads me to believe that he's probably not going to come back this year, even if the Dolphins make the playoffs, which I really don't expect them to. But Teddy Bridgewater was who had come in and, and helped relieve to a tongue of Iloa, and he dislocated his pinky finger last week. So it will not be Teddy Bridgewater in this game against the Jets. It'll be rookie Skylar Thompson, who the fourth-ranked Jets defense will ultimately face. And by the way, New York will start Joe Flacco, no Zach Wilson. The last of the 1 o'clock games, and I think this is all we'll have time for here in this segment, Browns at the Steelers. More playoff implications for this one. The Steelers began November with a record of 2-6. Not good. They were pretty much completely ineffective without T.J. Watt, but he completely changes that team. And for the Browns, this is an opportunity to not only spoil Pittsburgh's slim playoff hopes because the Steelers need to win and they need losses by the Patriots and the Dolphins, but it also would assure the Browns of finishing ahead of the Steelers in the AFC North if the Browns are to win today for the first time since 1989. Wow, long time. Both teams would finish at 8-9, and nine, but the Browns... If they're able to win, Cleveland would be third of the division by virtue of sweeping the season series with the Steelers. So Pittsburgh, much better team with T.J. Watt in the game. Didn't play week three against Cleveland because of that partially torn chest muscle, but he single-handedly destroyed the Browns in last season's matchup in Pittsburgh, which is where they will play this game on Sunday. He had four sacks on Baker Mayfield in that game in Pittsburgh against Cleveland last year. So that's your 1 o'clock slate for the NFL Sunday. Let's step aside, though. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and we're going to be talking to Dwight Vick, a former Virginia Tech offensive lineman and all-Big East offensive lineman there, founder of Victory Life. We will get to the 425 slate and the Sunday night game a little bit later on this hour. With Dwight, we'll talk some college football playoff and also get his thoughts on the DeMar Hamlin situation as Dwight played football at 
the highest level, having spent time at Virginia Tech and, and some as well in the National Football League. So more football on the way. We're chatting with Dwight Vick next on 1067 The Fan. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Coming up to kick off the 11 o'clock hour, the NFL Hall of Fame releasing its finalists for the class of 2023. I've got five locks, stone-cold locks, that need to be in the Hall of Fame from this list of finalists. We will go over that to kick off the 11 o'clock hour. Three other guys, I think, should also at some point get into the Hall of Fame. If that's not this year, then certainly next year or the year after that. But we shift our focus to college football. We will talk a little NFL this segment as well as we welcome in our good buddy Dwight Vick to the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smart and beat the books with BetQL. Dwight is a former Virginia Tech offensive lineman and all Big East offensive lineman there, the founder of Victory Life. He is a good friend of mine, and he's with us now. You can find him on Twitter at Vic757. Dwight, thanks for carving out a little bit of time for us on a Saturday morning, my friend. How are you? I'm great, man. Good to be back on, man. Um, I'm just getting ready for the day. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I know I know a lot of times you're working on the weekends too. You were you were at the Patriot High School basketball game last night, no? Yeah, man. Uh, they played John Champ. Actually, I ran into my guy D'Angelo Hall. Nice, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. Into, yeah, I forgot. Um, he lives out here. We're both up here in Northern Virginia. He lives in Loudon, Ashburn, and um. I saw him across the gym, and I said, that looks like, who is that? You know, he had the big DT hoodie on. Yeah. I said, that's got to be somebody. I said, oh, never mind, and then watched the game, and then he texted me, and then we caught up uh, after the game, took a picture. Man, I met his twin son, so it was great. And then, um, you know, this is my son's fourth game this week. They played today at two against my alma mater, the Hampton High Crabbers. So wow. four games in a week. I am working, running, parenting, and living life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm sure loving every minute of it. That's pretty cool, though. Not only that you ran into your good buddy, D. Hall, but 703 versus 757 on the hardwood later today. That's that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, so, it is, especially when it's my, uh, my alma mater. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. So I, I can't wait to hear more about that, too. But I definitely, Dwight, wanted to get your thoughts on what we've seen this week with regards 
to the DeMar Hamlin situation. Obviously, the football world came to a screeching halt on Monday night when DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field and, and went into cardiac arrest. It was as scary a scene as possible. And Dwight, you played this physical game at a very high level, having played for Frank Beamer at Virginia Tech. You spent some time in the NFL. So when you saw Hamlin go down, what was going through your head? You know, Danny, I was recording a podcast. I was featured on a panel Mm-hmm. And I had the game on, um, like you do when you're in your man cave, like to my right. Now I was just glancing at Buffalo, um, and I was just looking at it. And all of a sudden, I see guys crying, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. And I'm like, what's going on? And then as, you know, I'm looking at my phone, I'm getting alerts and alerts. And I'm like, man. And then I realized, uh, you know, the, the freak, you know, accident that happened with him um, in the Wiggins, I believe. And um, I just. I, I was scared. And then, of course, when I was done, I went back and rewound it and, and started looking at the updates and stuff on Twitter. And I saw how he had to be resuscitated twice and how, you know, that that kind of freaked me out. And, you know, it made me realize, man, how blessed I am um, to survive such a, you know, a great game. Yet at any time, I've always said this, any player, any position um, can get not just injured, but, you know, you're in a lot of ways risking your life. Um, I immediately prayed. I immediately prayed, um, and I just I just really had to process it because, you know, everyone has their opinion on these kind of situations, you know, whether it's sports, politics, religion. But I'll just say this, um, you know, for those that guys play youth, high school, college, and pro ball, yes, we've witnessed or seen or unfortunately um, even sometimes some people experience catastrophic injuries or very serious injuries or mild injuries, but I, I don't know anybody, whether it's me or my cousin Mike or other teammates that have ever seen CPR and the AED use and had to see someone resuscitated. That is another level of just newness and experience, so to speak. And, you know, the one thing I'll say about it, Danny, is prayer and great medicine is real. Um, the fact that he's recovering, the fact that in a lot of ways it brought us together as as, as a country. I mean, you see so many people speaking on it, praying for him. Um, I'm glad that he is recovering and showing a remarkable improvement. Yeah, it's it's truly a blessing that he's gotten to the point in his recovery that he's even at right now. Because like you said, Dwight, we were in uncharted territory as soon as that moment happened. Nothing that really any of us, former players, folks in the media, or just fans of the game had, had seen, certainly at any point in recent memory, but uh, just absolutely the best news that, that he's now off his breathing tube and he's able to talk with his teammates via FaceTime, and the Bills are going to go out and play a football game this weekend and, and try and create some more momentum going into the postseason, but I wanted to also get your thoughts, buddy, on the college football playoff. Not only the games last weekend, but look ahead at the national championship. And to its credit, the college football playoff gave us two great games last weekend. And Dwight, you and I were both a little skeptical about whether or not that we would we would see a good competitive couple of games. But they both were a lot of fun. And if we start with the Fiesta Bowl out in Arizona between TCU and Michigan, Wolverines ripped off a big run early in this game. Kind of looked like TCU might be in for a long day. But, man, the Horned Frogs did more than just hang tough. Went blow for blow with the Wolverines. Won a shootout 51-45. I think that's the type of game TCU wanted to play, whereas it's probably the opposite of how Michigan wanted to play in terms of how fast-paced it was, don't you think? Yeah, I was thinking as I was watching those games, I was like, well, you know, um, 
I'm going to go 0 for 2 and then end up going, <laughs> you know, you and I went 1 for 2. 1, one for 2. You know, I, I, look, I'll be the first one to tell you, you know, you and I cover college football. I watch it probably for me a little bit more than NFL, but I do watch it. Um, and I knew TCU uh, respectfully belonged there, earned the right to be there. Hmm. I just wasn't confident they were going to beat Michigan because I felt like Michigan, what they did to Ohio State um, Thanksgiving weekend was impressive and remarkable because I thought Ohio State was the real deal. And um, TCU today, credit jumped on Michigan and had them scrambling. And Michigan's offense, especially without Blake Corn, is a more methodical play action. They will take their shots and beat you and wait for you to make mistakes. And TCU jumped on them and forced Michigan to play at their pace. And even in football, like basketball, when you play at another team's pace, you know, it kind of takes away your playbook where you might not want to do certain things and get you uncomfortable. And Michigan was that. But to their credit, they made a game and they had their chances. I know there was a couple of calls that Michigan fans are still questioning, but at the end of the day, if you're blaming refs, you're normally on the losing end. And I felt like, you know, Michigan um, had a great season. Harbaugh continues to establish himself as one of the best coaches in college football, but TCU is the real deal. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they match up with Georgia. Um, you know, they, they, they're, they're, one of those teams, we've seen this before with Cincinnati and other teams, when they get in the playoffs, you almost think, okay, yeah, they belong there. They earn the right there. But how are they going to really perform against an SEC opponent or a team like Michigan? But, you know, one thing I, I was talking about this last night, the one thing about college basketball and college football, especially when you have the time off, sometimes, as you mentioned, we get a bad game or it's a blowout or it's a not a great game. But typically, um, there's always, I should say, sometimes there's a, a surprise or you know, you're just like, wow, I didn't realize this game was going to go that way. Um, and I don't think TCU will be intimidated by Georgia. And I don't think they're going to be overwhelmed by Georgia's size and athleticism and the fact that they're defending national champions. So I expect TCU to come out and fight hard. Now, Georgia, I still am stuck on them. And I think they're a monster. <laughs> yeah, man. I think a lot of us are, are still wondering what we're going to get out of Georgia because as, as midnight was approaching on New Year's Eve, the conclusion of the Peach Bowl between Georgia and Ohio State was coming up as well. And, and the game looked like a couple of heavyweights really going toe-to-toe. But a tough way for the Buckeyes to lose, missing a field goal as time expired. They had two touchdown leads in uh, both halves of this game. So you got to give Georgia credit for sticking with it, for coming back. Stetson Ben it too a guy that a lot of people said did not belong in the in the conversation for the Heisman but he threw for for three touchdowns and and had a lot of yards and a big hand and why Georgia won that game yeah he's a very good quarterback I know he's not um like the kid at USC or he's not a Hendon Hooker type but he sure. wins and I think George is a prime example I've said this um on 106 when you've hosted shows I've said this on our podcast and other platforms I'm on you know, when you look at college pro and even high school football, the team with the best LOS, which is the acronym for a line of scrimmage, offensive defensive line, typically or usually has the advantage in the game. And I just feel like Georgia, you know, last year and this year, and really uh, since Smart's been there, they have they have really established themselves as a very physical football team. Ohio State, though, to their credit, came out and smacked them in the mouth. And I was like, wow, Ohio State, you know, because – I didn't know how good Ohio State was in regards to if they played a team on their level. I've seen them sometimes play down to their opponent. I know Maryland had them on the ropes earlier this year, but or last year, I should say. But, um, 
Georgia, man, you know, I think that scare kind of woke them up, and I, I expect them to come out focused from the beginning against TCU on Monday night. Um, you know, the chance to win back-to-back national championships like Alabama's done in Clemson or teams like that is very rare, and it puts yourself in the history uh, where you can really establish yourself as one of the best programs and have a great run in history of college football, and that's just something – that is remarkable in itself. So if they can do that against TCU, um, that'll be something special. They'll hold on for the rest of their life. But TCU is coming to spoil the party. Yeah, they they definitely are. And and if I'm making a pick here, I've only got about 30 seconds before I got to get to a break here, Dwight. I would probably take Georgia to win a close game because I think, like you said, that close game against the Buckeyes sort of woke them up. And, you know, I, I expect them to come out and, and play a physical brand of football. So I'll take Georgia. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to go with Georgia. Um, I know that's chalk, and I know that's expected, but I think TCU is legit, and I think um, they're going to give us a great, I don't know, first quarter, maybe even a great game, but I think, again, I can't stress enough to you and your listeners the importance of having a great offensive and defensive line. That size wears on you. Obviously, I played it, but when you start mauling people in that fourth and late in that third quarter, you know, it's tough, and – it's different when you watch it on film versus when you go in that field. But that's right. Who knows? I'm going with Georgia, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with you. We're we're on the same page. I'll take the Bulldogs as well. Dwight, I'll let you go, man. Thanks so much for jumping on with us on 106.7 The Fan this morning. I know you're busy today, so I'll let you get back to it. Best of luck to Patriot High School and your son Isaiah in their game today, and enjoy the rest of the NFL and college football slate this weekend, buddy. We'll catch up soon. Absolutely, man. Take care. You too, buddy. That's Dwight Vick, a former Virginia Tech offensive lineman and all Big East offensive lineman for the Hokies under head coach Frank Beamer. He's the foundry, founder of Victory Life, and you can find him on Twitter at Vic757. Let's get to a break. More NFL discussion is coming up next on 1067 The Fan. Big thank you once again to our friend Dwight Vick, a former Virginia Tech offensive lineman, the founder of Victory Life, for joining us in the last segment. We got Dwight's thoughts on the DeMar Hamlin situation, which continues to improve. Hamlin faced diming with Bill's teammates yesterday. He has had his breathing tube removed. So we'll let you know of any additional updates if there are any this morning. Also talked a little college football playoff with Dwight. So if you missed that, use the rewind function on the Odyssey app or at our stream, which is at thefandc.com. 800-636-1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener line, and that's where we will go now to take a few calls. We'll start with Bill, who is in North Carolina. Bill, thanks for calling in this morning. What you got for me, man? Hey, thanks, Danny. I, you know, I was, I was laughing to myself when you were talking about the Caps earlier on. I was saying, boy, wouldn't it be nice if the commanders could borrow that Caps GM for a couple of years? That guy's working <laughs> miracles with all those injuries. It's an amazing spectacle they're putting on. <laughs> but uh, I had a question on uh, Ron Rivera, and no knock. I like Ron. I always have. Yeah. Um, pretty cerebral guy you know all he's been through you, you got a pull for the guy but uh he got a little dc political on me last week and maybe i'm reading too much into this danny but um he kind of said hey don't look at me we need a quarterback and i'm thinking well hell's bells ron it's you know they put you in charge of the personnel for the last three years so you could have addressed this but am i am i going am i going overboard there or is it <laughs> I just that's kind of the way I read it. It was just just a little political for me, and I thought, hey, it was sort of a, he got in deflection mode, and I I just didn't appreciate it. But you know, maybe I'm just kind of making a mountain out of a molehill here. But you get your take. Yeah, 
No, you're definitely not blowing it out of proportion at all, Bill. And and thanks for the call. I completely agree with you. And I think this is what has frustrated so many fans is that Ron can go out there and make a mistake, right? I think all coaches make mistakes to some point, but it's when you're unwilling to acknowledge that you've made a mistake that you really start to lose people and they sort of start to turn on you. And when it comes to the mistake that Ron Rivera made, it well, there are probably several of them, but at least from the decision to start Carson Wentz last week, that was up to you. And when presented with the question again in his media availability this week, he was asked about whether or not he regretted starting Carson Wentz, and his response to that was no. And my response to his response was, how can that be possible? Because if one solution didn't work, aren't you just willing to try the other solution, which in, in this situation would have been Taylor Heineke? Why wouldn't you at least try it when you know option A didn't work? Wouldn't you go to option B? So th that's where his stubbornness starts to get the best of him. And I really don't understand where it comes from because it, it really seems so simple. So but Bill in North Carolina makes several good points, too, because when it comes to Ron's position as the GM, he's making a lot of these personnel decisions as well. Now, for someone like Trent Williams, who was, was sent off a couple of years ago at this point, we know the role that Dan Snyder played in that where they weren't willing to give him a penny, right? But yes, the Washington franchise has a quarterback problem, but with the exodus of their best offensive linemen over the last several years... That hurt a lot, too, and it directly affects the quarterback position as well as overall your ability to move the ball. So, uh, Bill, you're spot on, man, and I think most of us here, whether you're a member of the media or, or just a fan of the Washington Commanders, completely agree with you and could not stand to hear that answer come out of Ron Rivera in that media availability. And by the way, a happy birthday to Washington Commanders head coach Ron Rivera. I am dead serious. Today, January 7th, is Ron Rivera's birthday. And, you know, what the future holds for him, we don't really know. Because uh, with ownership being in flux, you have to think that Rivera's job is, is probably safe while that transition happens. Dan Snyder is known for firing head coaches after you know, giving them very little a chance to actually succeed. But uh, just as, as this process plays out, we'll, we'll have to see what goes on because uh, the commanders have, have been consistently inconsistent, if, if that makes any sense. Just hovering around 7-9 and nine and 8-8 eight and eight for the last three seasons, which is right around what, what Ron Rivera's career average is. So uh, good call from Bill, 800-636-1067, the MGM National Harbor listener line. We will have time to take some more calls in the 11 o'clock hour. Just a couple of minutes to wrap up the 10 o'clock hour here, and I'll finish up running through the slate of games that we have in the later half of the day tomorrow. We mentioned two Saturday games today, Chiefs at the Raiders, 430, and then 815, the nightcap, de facto AFC South championship game between the Titans and the Jaguars. Well, the back half of the games tomorrow on Sunday, pretty good too. Two NFC East matchups, starting with the Giants and the Eagles. Both of those teams will go to the playoffs. That's a 425 kick. Eagles 13-3. and They've lost two in a row without Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Gardner Minshew has started each of those last two games. Jalen Hurts is expected to be back this week. And with the Eagles still fighting for the NFC East, trying to get the number one seed in the NFC you know, the, the, the Eagles are going to be playing just as hard as, as the Giants will be in this one. 
Moving on to the other 425 game in the NFC East, that's the Cowboys and the Commanders. Dallas coming to Washington, and the Cowboys are the other team that can obviously take home the NFC East. They'll need some help. They'll need Philadelphia to lose. But with Dallas still having something to play for, it's part of the reason why I'm so concerned for the commanders going into this game. I know they're going to lose, and if they don't, that would be an incredibly shocking result. Hope they don't, but that's just really what I'm expecting. I'm I'm just also expecting it to be sort of a blowout, and I hope it's not because of Sam Howell, the rookie quarterback, making his first start for the commanders this week, but just all signs pointing to that result because commanders are going to be without guys like Jonathan Allen, Benjamin St. Juice, Antonio Gibson. It just has all the makings of a not so pretty day. Hopefully we're wrong. Hopefully the NFC East gets flipped on its head. If the the commanders are are able to, to beat Dallas. Although I guess if the commanders win and, and Dallas loses, that would, that would more or less solidify Philadelphia to win the NFC East, which is what was, what has been expected for most of the season anyway. So, As we get ready to go to a break, the Sunday night game is also one that is very entertaining, and it is from the NFC North. The Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers with each of these two teams having a chance to get into the playoffs as well. The Lions need to win, and they need the Seahawks to lose to the Rams earlier in the day. A win by Seattle eliminates the Lions entirely, and Detroit and Green Bay will know the results of that game before kickoff in Green Bay. The Packers, they just need to win to get in. And the Packers lost 15-9 at Detroit on November 6th. It capped a five-game skid that dropped the Packers' record to 3-6. The Lions had a 1-6 record heading into that game. The Packers have since won four games in a row, including a thriller down in Miami on Christmas Day. And the Lions... They've just won seven of their last nine games and are coming off a blowout win over division rival Chicago. So they're playing pretty good football right now as well. And head coach Dan Campbell, we saw him in hard knocks this the, earlier this year, or last year, I guess, 2022, during uh, the later parts of the summer, August and into early September. Uh, he's a charismatic dude. He's going to have his guys ready to play, whether they're going for a playoff spot or if they're just playing spoiler. I know that they want to win that game no matter what happens. So, There you go. There's the NFL schedule for the rest of the weekend. We'll step aside. We'll take a quick break. Coming up to kick off the 11 o'clock hour, the Modern Era Hall of Fame finalist for the class of 2023. I've got five locks. I've got some other guys that belong in as well. We'll run down the list here in just a couple of minutes. Stick around. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.